Welcome back, everyone, to our seventh and final episode of this series in the No Matter the Cost podcast, um, where we're talking about uh, seven challenges that men encounter. Yeah, welcome. Yeah. Um, so this is our final episode of this series. Uh, it's taken a really long time to get there. Uh, it's been a struggle to record every week like we wanted to, so it's yeah, taken but, a lot longer than we wanted to. But listen, the listeners won't know it take a long time because we're going to release them all at once. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just giving them insight so they understand that we put a lot of work into this. Yeah, a lot of work. So, And you get all seven episodes all at once. Congratulations, listeners. Yeah. You did it. Yay. Yeah, well, they did it. And they're just finding out that they did it. Congratulations. Um, so last episode of the series, and uh, we're really excited to see how this turns out. Um, so if you would please email us at nmtc for no matter the cost dot podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think and uh, what you want to hear differently next time. Yeah. Um, our final topic is going to be investing eternally or invest, investing in eternity, mm. which I guess are really the same thing. Yes, they are. Um, and for this one, you know, I tried to do a little bit of research on it before every episode and, um, I really, I found a really good article that kind of sums up a lot of what we're trying to say here. And so we're really just going to go off this article. I'm going to kind of read through it and then we're just going to kind of get our feedback of, of, uh, what we think about this article and, and just go with that because, uh, a lot of the things in here are pretty much exactly the way I would have tried to come up with them. So I figured... Why not just go with a professional-looking article? Before we actually get started, I, I just kind of want to know, what do you think investing internally means? I mean, I know we're going to cover it, but, like, what's what's the overall... Gen- what, like, what does that mean? Like Investing in eternity? Yeah, like, you like saying something like, it's important to invest in eternity, and be like, okay, what in the heck does that well, mean? Well, like, I mean, it depends on who you're talking to. I mean, if you're talking to a believer versus a non-believer, there's a big difference. I, I get it. Um... If you're, I mean, I, I think investing eternally or investing in eternity is just basically investing in, um, you know, uh, relationships and trying to build those things so that people can see the kingdom of God. But like, um, investing in things that are not on this earth. Yeah. Like who cares about money? Okay. That, that kind of. So, so whatever, but what would you say to someone to be like, well, that's, that's not here. That's not now. Why not invest in the things now? You know what I mean? Like because the things now will fade away. Okay, good. I um, mean, there's a there's an infinite. I mean, there's a finite uh, life cycle to the things of this earth. Everything has a everything has a limit. It will reach its end, and its season will come to an end. Where if we invest in eternity, you know, we're investing in well eternal things, so they won't come to an end. Okay. That's, I mean, that's the gist of it. Okay. Cool. All right. I just, I just want to throw a curveball at you. Oh. Or uh, a knuckleball, as someone would say. I, I think we don't throw curveballs on <laughs> this podcast. All right. Okay. We're knuckleballers. Yeah. For a second straight episode. Okay. Go ahead. Um, so this, uh, this, uh, article came from grace to you something or another.com. That's awesome. Yeah. So. That's the official website. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, anybody who wants the actual references, if you email me, I'll send it to you. <laughs> Otherwise, you're not getting it. All right, cool. Um, okay, so 
I'm going to start off uh, with, okay, I'll start reading the article and we'll just, we're just going to go from there. Uh, J.H. Jowett once said, the real measure of our wealth is not how much we would be worth if we lost all our money. And he was right. Earthly riches or lack of them has nothing to do with real wealth. The only treasure that matters is the treasure you lay up in heaven. Jesus taught, do not lay up yourselves treasures on the earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal for your treasure for there your treasure is there your for where your treasure is there will your heart also be mm-hmm. um, and this is a mandate not a recommendation to invest in eternity it's not a hey you should do this you know if you want to if you want these things you should do this now he's he, that's just straight up saying in Matthew 6:19 through 21 that, that that you need to do this it's not a it's not a suggestion it's not a if you do this you'll have a better life it's hey do this so that you can have eternity. I think that um, when thinking about investing eternally, it's sometimes it's so hard for us because we live on this earth to grasp the idea of that this is not our forever home. You know what I mean? It's so hard to grasp that earth right here is nothing but a twinkle Um twinkle of light or um, you know like a blink of the eye and this life is over and then we have the rest of eternity to start living i think that sometimes people we because we're here on earth we are human we're bound to time we think that we have this is life and it is life but when in reality our real life starts when this life ends yeah and it's all just a perspective thing because we can only see what we can see physically you know, so we don't really think it's hard for some people to say, hey, you know, you can't prove there's life after death. Right. How do you how do you physically prove that you you can't? Mm-hmm. So for everybody who wants a physical show me the science, you know, I'm not sure that that's going to be a thing. This isn't about. So it's just hard for some people to understand that or grasp the concept that that could even be a reality. And so some people are just like, you know what, I believe in what I can see and I don't, I can't see anything going on in what you're trying to say. So mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, good for you. They're like, you know, good for you. And I, and I, you do you, but I'm also going to do me. And that's their mentality. And that's really a sad thing because if they would actually take the time, you might not be able to see the physical effects of what happens after death. But there are, I mean... The world is full of physical signs that God exists and that yeah. he created this planet and that everything he said is true. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Cool. Um, so uh, what what is an appropriate message for a culture like ours? People in our society are wealthier than any, civiliza- than any civilization in history of man. Sadly, they rapidly squander their blessings on things they cannot last. If our treasure reveals the condition of our hearts... This generation is in serious spiritual trouble. Our buying habits show little concern for anything other or for anything of eternal value. Um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, other than, you know, I, I mean, other than like people that I know that go to church and we go to church with, I don't really like I, I don't think anybody, just the general public is out there being like, hey, I'm going to invest in 
eternal things. Like it's not something you just think about. And so therefore when, and, and, and I, when I say invest, I mean, you invest your money into eternal things by giving it back to the church and to God and to what he's called you to do with yeah. it. It's not like you're buying stock into an eternal heaven, <laughs> right? but it's investing in whatever God has asked you to do with your money. It's still a, it's still a monetary investment, I think, at times. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. Uh, you know, last week we talked about this. We talked about how to manage your finances, and you talked about how whenever you set your budget, what's the first thing you put on your budget? You put whatever the Lord has asked you to give for that month or whatever that period of time may be, you do that first. And I think that that is a huge step in investing eternally because you know that you, where your finances where the Lord has blessed you with are going to go back to furthering the kingdom. And, you know, you're not going to, you might not see that here now on earth, but, and when we get to heaven, we will see the, fr- the fruits of our labor. We'll be able to see, um, where our money went and how it impacted the lives of others while we're here on this earth. We, sometimes I think that that's the hardest part about giving is, is we don't, sometimes we may never, we may, may never really see the fruit of, our giving, but I think that whenever we get to heaven, the Lord will have it laid out for us and be like, hey, thank you for being faithful, and here's what happened because of your faithfulness. Maybe somebody went to heaven. Maybe somebody, the gospel reached somebody that it may never have reached without you giving. So, Yeah, I think there's going to be so many answers, or so many questions. I think you're going to have more questions maybe when you get to heaven. You're like, hey, how, you know whoa, I didn't even think how what I did here impacted this. How did that happen? And it's like all these different, I think I think you may have more questions than answers at mm. first. I mean, I think eventually you get I think that, that, I think that, I don't know that we'll even care about questions really. I mean, when we're in, with God, I, I don't know that, I just, to be in the presence of God, I don't know that our questions will even be relevant anymore. Um, but that's just, yeah i mean who knows and that's the other thing is like some people just the idea of heaven in general is people are like man like it's just such an abstract concept to us because we can't see it in our physical limitations Mm -hmm. so it's just it's so hard for people to understand it and people tend to back away from or fear or you know kind of just whatever to things they don't understand and that you can't really give a nobody can give a, a definitive 100% physical answer of this is what's going to happen. And, you know, there's all the mm-hmm. theories and we read the Bible and we and we can come with, you know, we can try to interpret it the best that we can. But, you know, there's a bazillion different theories about every single aspect of the Bible. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, just do what you're supposed to, like, love God and do what you're supposed to do and, and all those things are going to work themselves mm-hmm. out. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so let's get back to this article. It says Americans are spending a significant amount of, a significant portion of their incomes on luxury items and recreation, and they are spending it fast. Why wait until you can afford something if you can charge it and have it instantly? Outstanding consumer debt in this country has skyrocketed, leaving many in financial shambles. They pursue the good life, the so-called American dream. But there is no good life you can buy no matter how much money you have. The American dream is nothing but an illusion, and chasing the dream can become destructive. Statistics indicate the more money you have, the more likely you are to commit suicide. 
life expectancy decreases as income increases. Money adds to stress, and that in turn takes years off your life. One study shows that wealth also intensifies moral decline and family disintegration. Marital infidelity and divorce rates also rise with income levels. Obviously, money cannot buy happiness. Mm. Um, the uh, suicide thing was kind of interesting, which I, I mean, I haven't verified these facts, so if if it's not right, you can thank, take it up uh, with article. You can thank it up, take it up with uh, something Grace, or, Grace something for or, you, something, something or another, another <laughs> something or another. Not I think it's a dot org <laughs> website. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, take it up with them, but. Assuming that it is true, which seems like it could be, um, you know, there's, I mean, it actually makes me think of, uh, who's the comedian? Robin Williams, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and it's like, money obviously doesn't buy happiness, but then if, if we know money doesn't buy happiness and, and, and it's like this, it's not really a, a question. It's, we all know it doesn't. Why do we pursue it so hard whenever it, it's not the answer to happiness? I mean, it's the answer to temporary satisfaction, maybe, but it's not the answer to happiness. I think that people think that when they reach a certain amount of money where they don't have to work anymore, that they'll be satisfied when in reality, money doesn't satisfy you. Money, if you're if you're relying on money to satisfy your soul... Your soul will never be satisfied. Never. Yeah. I mean, I, it's like, uh, it's just like one of those illusions. Like everybody can, everybody knows, but nobody really wants to. But why? The why do you think it's, why do you think it's such an illusion? I mean, obviously Satan knows that he can use this as an attempt to bring us down to, with him. You know what I mean? And so Satan uses money to his advantage. Ooh, hear that fancy sports car go by? Formula One dragster going on yeah. out there. Expensive. Somebody, Expensive. Wasting, somebody wasting money. Somebody wasting a lot of gas. <laughs> um, anyways, so what I was saying is, is Satan uses money as, I think it's one of the ultimate tactics he uses to distract people from god to bring people to love money rather than to love god yeah and i mean one of the big reasons is is because money can provide instant satisfaction not happiness it provides instant satisfaction temporarily i mean it's it's a temporary high Mm -hmm. um and so people are who are hurting or, or struggling with things it may not be the answer but they know they're going to get a temporary high out of it. And sometimes it lasts years before you kind of fall back and realize, man, it's just all an illusion. First mm-hmm. um, Timothy 6, 9 through 10. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many a pang. <laughs> I've never heard that version before. I'm not sure what a pang is. Huh. But uh, in a bit, pierce, pierce yourself with it. Yeah, um, I think it's like arrows or something. Yeah, I would assume. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
While obsession with money incites crime, destroys family, and wrecks lives, the ultimate price for loving temporary things is eternal damnation. Jesus hinted at this when he asked, What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? In Mark 8.36. Mm. Perhaps the saddest observation of all is that spending habits of people in the church often differ little from those of the world. The lifestyles of the most professing Christians are not substantially different from anyone else. Too many in the church have adopted the world's indulgent attitude towards money. Almost every form of materialistic extravagance and excess has found its way into the fellowship of believers. It is as if the church has forgotten Jesus' mandate to invest in eternity. Mm. I mean, I would agree with that for the most part. I mean, I know there are obviously individuals in every single church that, you know, um, well, I hope in every church, but, you know, do better than others. But as a whole, I would say it's not really that much If you different. put the church up side by side to the rest of the world and you broke it down to individuals, you would say that they would be around the same the way that their their money habits look and spend. Maybe they're not buying the same products. Maybe they're not buying like alcohol and all, but they're maybe they're putting everything on their credit cards and maxing out credit cards and tons of debt, just like the rest of the world or not yeah. budgeting like the rest, not budgeting, you know, doing things that the rest of the world does. And I'm not saying that ever, not anybody in the world doesn't budget because there's millions and millions of people in the world who do budget and know how to manage money very well. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it being a, you know, just because you say, oh, I'm a Christian and I follow God doesn't just automatically you can spend, mean you can spend your money however you want and mm-hmm. it just magically be okay. Mm-hmm. Like magically, oh, you know, God want, I, I, like God wanted me to, to buy three new cars this year. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If that's the delusion that you believe, <laughs> that's that's okay with. I mean, I mean it's not okay, but but you know, it's one thing to do it, and then it's another thing to go out and like just try to justify your actions. Just say, hey, I'm living for myself. I'm not living for God. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to live in this illusion that you're trying to convince everybody that you know. Oh, God wanted me. No, mm-hmm. I mean, sure, it's nice to have those things, but. Do you really think you God wanted you to have all those things? And maybe in your extremely rare circumstance, he did. But I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. When money lovers creep into the pulpit to steal from the treasury, it's an obvious scandal. But isn't the money lover in the pew, the person who refuses to give it all, just as disgraceful? Mm. That's a question. Yeah, but the thing is, is the the person who is not on the pulpit um, is more held there's more a, held to a higher responsibility. Well, there's more eyes on them. Oh, right, well, yeah, for sure. So I think that sometimes that the congregation of people think that they can just get away with doing whatever they want. And thinking, we're just going to be, you're just going to fit in with the rest of the crowd and nobody's going to know. You know what I mean? Whereas whenever you're looking at someone who is preaching or or in um, a leadership role, there's more eyes on them. So it seems like they're held to that higher standard. As, whereas we should all be held to the same standard. So, Yeah. 
Um, one study of several denominations revealed a gradual decline in giving over 17 years, though average income increased sharply in that same time period. Material riches are proven to be a spiritual liability. Christians now have more money at their disposal than any time in human history, but they proportionally invest far less in his kingdom. The same study further revealed that about half of all charitable giving in the United States comes from households with annual incomes under $30,000. James 2 through 5 comes to mind. Has God not sorry, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? Mm. That's crazy that 50% of all giving would come from households that, I mean, you know, $30,000 is a lot of money, but when you're talking about an annual income of $30,000 for a household, that's really not very much. No, well, that's not much Especially at all. in today's economy. And so, um, you know, when you're talking about 50% of all givings coming from that, you know, when, Demographic there's, of when there's demographics who make you know, the the billionaires out there and they're probably making up the other 50%. I don't know. Hmm. I feel like the people, I feel like the whole middle class is kind of fading away from the giving because the middle class thinks that they have enough money to do what they want and so they're going to keep it and do what they want because they're able to do it. And if they give, they can't do that anymore. And then there's the lower class who says, we can't do what we want anyway so we're just going to give it away because we don't make enough to even matter mm-hmm. and then there's the upper class you know the very elites who have so much money they can just donate it and it really doesn't matter anyway because they're still going to do what they want and feel you know maybe they can maybe tax purposes or maybe they just you know make them feel better about themselves i don't know but mm-hmm. i don't think i think the whole middle class giving is kind of being torn apart mm. um Let's see. Hosea 13.6 sums up this tragic disparity. Being satisfied, their heart became proud. Therefore, they forgot me. When we became prosperous, we when we become prosperous, we become proud. Then we forget God. Frankly, for most people, persecution is easier to endure than prosperity. In other words, there is a clear connection between your attitude toward money and your spiritual health. Where you invest in your treasure reveals where you have set your trust and affliction, affections. That is why the Lord had so much to say about money. Hmm. Um, I mean, if you want to know where your spiritual uh, temperature, I guess you call it, is look at your checkbook um, or look at your bank account, I guess. Um, where are you investing your treasure? That's really where your heart is going to be. I mean, you can claim a lot of things. You can do a lot of good things and you can volunteer time and uh, skills and resources, but if other than money, but if you're not investing money and you have money to invest, now if you don't have any money, like if you literally volunteer your time and don't have any money, that's a different story. But if you have money and you're just not investing it because you don't want to, because you don't have to, because no one's making you. Like, you know, there's just this, you're, you can be doing all the other things, but your, your pocketbook is really where you can get a, a gauge on your level of, uh, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. Do you know what the word is? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> okay. 
Well, hopefully someone out there knows the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, where how much you know, and it's not about like, it's not about like a certain amount. You know, you can give a thousand dollars or ten dollars, and it really doesn't matter. It's proportional to how much money you have or how much money you your income is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy for a guy who makes a million dollars to give a thousand dollars a month, but the guy who makes fifty thousand and then is supposed to give a thousand dollars a month, mm, mm-hmm. big difference there. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, um, God does not give you riches to hoard, but to use for His glory. True enjoyment of wealth comes not from processing, sorry, not from possessing it, but from investing it as God intended in things that count for eternity. Hmm. So, you have any final thoughts on investing for eternity? Um, I know that this episode turned into a lot of um, financially investing in eternity. Um, but I think there's other ways that you can invest in eternity. I mean, praying for others. Yeah. Praying. Praying for your family. It's investing in their eternity, right? Um, going out and evangelizing. Investing in eternity. There's so many ways that you can invest yeah, in eternity. T- time. You, I mean, investing time is a great way to do that. You know, investing your efforts and your energy, mm-hmm. for sure. Those are all, yeah, you can definitely invest in eternity those ways as well. I think that we just kind of went towards the more monetary route because that's something that we can physically and tangibly see. And um, so. also because that's the direction that the article kind of led me. Yeah, there you go. That's more of the reason. The article too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that all, all in all, you know, Oh, well, here let's let's talk about this. What are the co- what are some of the costs of investing internally? Well, I mean, one could be money. Money. One could be uh, ridicule. Ridicule. Okay. Persecution. Yeah. Um. Maybe in extreme cases, like isolation, where you're severing relationships, you're isolating yourself from not isolation yourself, but you're. Um, you're sacrificing relationships that, you know, you you want to invest in eternity. And people tend to like to be around people who have a lot of money and are able and do a lot of things. And sometimes you're going to have to sacrifice having extra money and doing extra things. And you might lose friends who really weren't friends in the first place. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like the prodigal son. Whenever all his money ran out, what happened? Right. He he ran out of money. All his friends were abandoned him, and he returned home to his dad because he had all his friends that he thought he had didn't really care about him at all. It was all mm-hmm. about the money. So. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. Well, I'm glad that we were able to talk about um, investing eternally, and I think that is a challenge for me because. Um, with the baby coming up and here in a few months, um, not only am I going to have to financially start trying to invest in the future of my children for, you know, their, their future here on earth, but, um, I'm going to have to invest in them spiritually as well. And so I think this is a challenge too. Um, okay. Well, I have a quick question. You said them multiple times. Do you know something that I don't know? No, no. 
You're not having twins? No. Okay. No. All right. I just, I thought maybe of the sneak peek. I, just, were, says, I just say them because we aren't finding out the gender of our baby. Ah, uh, you're going to have one of those genderless babies. Babies, yes. Um, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> no, I, what I was getting at is um, it's important for Ashley and I to start investing into our child spiritually so that they can um, invest in their eternity for when they're when they come of age and they make that decision to follow Christ, hopefully, um, that they will be ready to start investing eternally at a very young age. So, Yep. Well, as long as you start it now and uh, raise them with that mindset growing up, it, it, it tends to, you know, there's this, uh, I don't remember the verse, but raise up a child in the way you should go, and when he grows old, he will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just an example of that. I mean, no matter what at some point you raise the child right and they're going to come back Mm -hmm. even if they stray away yeah cool well i think unless you have something else i do not nope that really wraps up um this series uh thank you guys for listening if you made it this far um again email us at nmtc.podcast at gmail.com yeah no matter the cost hopefully we'll come up with um some more series and um we'll just keep on going see what happens yeah um we may we may take a break for a little bit um and figure out a new series um we don't know we're we're still we're still pretty new in the podcast game we don't know yeah we also have our other podcast that we may uh go back to so we don't know yet we just we just like talking and yeah so who knows we like talking and we have mics so yeah we're gonna keep doing it yeah all right thanks for listening guys all right all right peace